Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at There was a big storm coming, would you? The storm is coming. What did he just say? He said there's a storm coming. At the heart of the storm is the source of evil that will change their lives forever. I don't understand why you chose me. You want to change the world, son. So do I. People want to change the world, don't know how to begin. Let's start with a smile. Be honest. It's love! The super ingredient is love! Okay, just calm down. What the hell are we doing here, Harry? All you have to do is give me answers. Just, just give me the right answers. Tell the truth! You can't handle the truth! I can't promise I'll try. We can figure this out, right? We can figure this out, right? What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Worship in the Storm. I am one of your hosts, Emmanuel Kingman. Without Mimi, she's working. And our co-host, Andy Rouse from the Deep Chair. What up, everybody? Happy Friday. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. I went live earlier for my Patreon Q&A. Nice. Uh, The first time I did that, I I got a couple of Patreon members. Nobody uh, stopped into the Q&A, but, you know, it was just getting the feeler out there. So it was cool to, to, you know, get it going. Got to start somewhere, man. Yeah. Trickles in at first, and then it, you know, gets bigger after that. Yeah, just, just uh, persistence, my friend. That's right, and I know persistence. I am very, uh, <laughs> very persistent with things. That's how I have to take life because I, 
I don't give up. I'm not one who quits when I fail. I see where I was uh, coming up short, and then I readjust and, and make myself better and then come uh, next time in a different way. So it's just all about building, and it takes time. Obviously, with this, there's so many different content creators right now and so many different things you could be spending your time and money doing. So Oh, yeah. It's definitely a, a competition, even though it's not, you know, it's not, but it is. Yeah, it's a friendly competition. Yeah, it's like friendly, you know. Yeah. It, we're all just vying for attention like any other entertainer, I guess you could say, even though we're not trying to just entertain. Right. But, you know, this goes into an interesting conversation I just had with Nomad the other night. Uh, I can't wait to hear that. Oh, it was good. It was good. It was really good. And, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about that stuff, too. It's just, it's, I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so much to say about it. Yeah. I just saw you on Expanding Reality the other day. That was a very good one as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Brandon's an excellent host. He always asks so, such amazing questions. And he, he... He goes off on crazy tangents in his question like I do. So I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I can go all over the place with this. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when I went on his show, I was presenting the Book of Enoch. uh, And, you know, I love doing that. But it would have been awesome to just, you know, come on there as to talk about just like, you know, shoot the shit with him and, and hang out. Yeah, oddly enough, uh, when Brandon and I were talking on the phone weeks before the episode, we were talk. I introduced him to the idea of Box Saga because he had never even heard of it, even from me yet. Okay. And he was like, "What is this? What what's going on?" And I started giving him little breadcrumbs. And he's like, "What? We got to yeah. talk about that on the show." I'm like, "All right, that sounds good." So I thought we were kind of going to just like roll into that, but when we started with like psychedelics and consciousness. Yeah, Box Saga had to take a big backseat because, of course, <laughs> both of us can just trail off into Never Never Land with that shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and Box Saga, there's so much to it that you need it in little doses. Yeah, I think uh, Dan and Yake and I are, are talking about doing some episodes of Roots of Creation where we're, like, taking some of some pieces of the book, like, right from the book because trying to remember all this stuff, I mean, shit, we're trying to, like learn another language as well as all of the history surrounding it and it's difficult so if we could just take carl borgen's book and you know you know earmark some some sections to talk about in some upcoming episodes i think that'll help us get a a little bit more pure information out rather than our reactions and opinions to things that we're kind of trailing off on or not being very thorough at explaining Mm -hmm. because it is it's such a huge topic it's just difficult to to yeah be consistent with how you explain it too i've started off on like multiple different appearances on other podcasts trying to explain it coming at it different ways and it always it just never comes out the way i want it to well i guess that if somebody was to go look at all your appearances talking about it that they'd probably get a pretty clear picture at least of the the background information the basics of it for sure for sure i think um doing some stuff from the book and maybe you know putting in some clips from from uh, other interviews and and this and that for for roots of creation will kind of um elevate how the 
information is being expressed because the dudes in in Scandinavia that know this language inside and out and can kind of easily compare it to our modern languages and how it all works and how it fit together it's it's like poetry man you know mm. and we butcher the shit out of it all the time what well, is it an ebook um i don't know if it is because um box saga the, an introduction is a make to order book uh, okay but um you know i can always try to get you a copy well i was going to uh, i was going to say so if it was an ebook a good way to do it uh would be when you're going through th that book is to you know just throw it on a slide and make a slideshow with it kind of yeah that'd be a good idea actually and i think i'm gonna look it up right now actually just to see if it is and he's got another book out about the group too it's more recent it's called uh, temporarily insane and it's about his time with Eeyore Bach and the whole tribe of guys that, you know, were surrounding that story. Uh, let's see. Carl Borgen, Bach saga, an introduction. Yeah, Mimi's going to uh, get into it once she finishes the language crystal. She's keeps. And I want to get make time at some point to get into that language crystal book because she sent me the PDF and I really want to check it out. Um, Ebook. Yep. Bam. It's okay. available on Amazon right there. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, that's probably the only way to do it is to get, it. of course it's through Kindle. So I guess you'd have to have, have Kindle. the Kindle app or something. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe I'll friggin' Xerox a bunch of friggin' pages and we'll do it that way. Yeah. Because when I was doing the book of Enoch series, like breaking it down that way made me really understand it on a, in a deeper way. Even in the moment I thought, I didn't feel like I knew it, but then now reflecting on it, I'm like, oh, okay. I do know it deeply because I took all that time to, you know, copy each line. Like I'm reading the lines and I'm copying it and then I'm pasting it over here and then I'm making sure that, okay, everything on this slide is together. So you're reading it and rereading it so many times that it really helps you convey the message to other people. Yeah, it sinks in pretty harshly when you're just doing it over and over again. Yeah. That's like uh, when I was younger, I knew kids that would, you know, reread their favorite book like six times. And mm -hmm. oddly enough, as much as I always loved reading, I never was able to do that. But now I get it because of getting into nonfiction as an adult was right. such a different thing where I was rereading chapters over and over again and highlighting in my books. I didn't care. You know, I... <laughs> all over them just to be able to reread things over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I did want to ask you about this man who appeared to you that I heard you talk about expanding reality, the man <laughs> when you hit a grand slam and then another I'm shocked. Time. I didn't tell you this story yet. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't told me that sounds like an angel dude. Yeah. I've always thought of it as like a guardian angel, even though I don't, think of it in that same standard traditional americanized right. way but you know uh yeah i'll tell the story gladly i it's yeah, a awesome it's one of my craziest stories for sure um so when i was younger in high school i was a i think i was a sophomore and it was like right before like a year before i did psychedelics so i was just kind of totally innocent for the most part, but I was a jock. I was, I played baseball and 
I was up against a competing team and I was batting like last because the school I went to was so competitive and it was mm. all fake. It was all dads with money throwing <laughs> it at this and that. And like, so all like the super richy rich kids were at the very top of the batting order and everything. Right. So, so I was, was batting last. Varsity? It wasn't far. It was junior varsity. Okay, so okay. yeah. And I was, uh, yeah. So I was batting last. Nobody knew who I was, whatever. And the bases were loaded in the end of the game. I was like, this is crazy. And, but so before I got up, I was on, I was on deck and this weird old dude was behind the backstop. And he's like, Hey kid, I'm like, this is like something out of a fifties movie. You know, he's like, Hey, Hey, and he got my attention. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, the wind's blowing out for you, buddy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's nuts. And anyway, I got up first pitch grand slam into the softball field behind the uh the you know the regular field that i was a playing walk on. off yeah walk off grand slam against a very competitive team that we were playing wow. against and uh yeah suddenly i was hitting fourth in the lineup and blah 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 and it just <laughs> went from there but i remember looking back at that guy and he was just like had that knowing look behind the the cage just like yeah so that was creepy enough, right? So what? So let me ask you before you go into the second <laughs> part. Sure. Did, is he a, someone who you would see at games regularly? Did you ever see no. him? Did no. Anyone uh, else? We were see traveling. Him? This was high school. So, and okay. I don't know at that away so, game. It was an away game. We were at this oh, school. Wow. So, um, yeah, I don't know if anybody else saw him. I didn't see him interacting with anybody, but I mm. also didn't. You know, there were no weird moments where no one could see him or something like that. But uh, so that was weird. And actually, while I was telling that part of the story, I just realized something about kind of co-creation, manifestation. I loved baseball growing up. It's still part of me. I still will be the only one in the room that's okay with watching a baseball game. <laughs> uh, and uh, when I was a kid, every single day when I was a little kid, I'd be out in my backyard pretending that I was up at the plate, throwing it to myself and hitting it over my backyard fence, pretending there was a big crowd out there. I was doing it all day long, every day in the summer. And look at what, how about that? A big public thing happened in high school where I was able to do that, you know? Yeah. So well. maybe, I don't know. So, so what, anyway, what oh, position, what, yeah. What position did you play? So at the time that year, I was like an alternate in the outfield in general, but I was always like a shortstop in like the so town, leagues, you know, so I was shortstop in the town league. Cause like in the towns, you know, it's like, there's only a handful of guys that really care and are really good at baseball at that level. Who gives a shit for the most part? So I was a good shortstop, but when it came to this bigger school, mm -hmm. my father was like, you should go out for the outfield. You have a really good arm. There's going to be 30 kids going out for the shortstop. You might get it. I'm not saying you won't, but you might do some serious damage as an outfielder. Yeah. I was like, all right. So at some point or whatever, I ended up talking to my coach and I ended up in that, in outfield, you know, cause I had a gun. I would fucking haul it from right field and, nail people on third and shit like that it was great awesome. yeah i yeah. had a lot of passion for it for a long time yeah i took pitching lessons i was a really good pitcher too that's awesome dude yeah. i actually took batting lessons as well my coach oh, was wow. awesome 
he was just this crazy old dude. Not the same one. <laughs> <laughs> but he chucked baseballs at me and shit. But he was oh, funny. Wow. He was great, though. He was all, like, as scary and abusive as that may sound. <laughs> he was all laughs, and he was all, like, you know, teaching. He was he was awesome. Yeah, I never uh, took uh, I never took hitting or batting lessons. I, but, uh, yeah, uh, we went undefeated several years. My dad was the coach. Nice. Our team was stacked. We were really good. <laughs> Like I was playing like when I was like 13, I'd play against 16 year olds and I, I made the all-star team as like, you know, the, being that young, like I would still like be one of the starters on uh like the all-star team. I remember one year we went up against two teams where these kids, uh, they had scholarships. So it was uh youth club, you know, township type of uh deal. It wasn't school ball, the team I'm talking about, but yeah. the, the pitchers we were going up against, they both had scholarships to like D2 or D3 schools. And, uh, you know, they were much better than I was, but they were three years older than me. But, you know, it was like a really competitive game. And we ended up being the one team. It was me and someone who was a day older than me. He was a friend of mine growing up. He's no longer with us. But uh, him and I, we were so competitive with each other. And we were just like, everything we were so we, he lived across the street from me so <laughs> we were so competitive about everything and, and we were just both really good players we were like the top two pitchers i was third base he was shortstop so it was like we were always with each other uh playing and and i was slow uh i was a very slow runner so i was the number three hitter because i i would hit the ball far or i would i would at least make contact but i couldn't run all that fast and then he was uh, the cleanup hitter because he was a little bit faster than me. So if I didn't get on, then he would be able to do some damage himself. That's awesome. Yeah. I had a kid like that too. I wonder if that's a common thing among us yeah. growing up, but like, yeah, there was a guy, whether we were on the same town league or town team or competing ones, we we're always like this, this, this tense friendship, you know, like kind of buddies, but kind of enemies like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. That's the really good guy on that team. You know? Right, right. Or, oh, this time he's on my team. Oh, they're all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fun, man. So, yeah, for sure. So, well, so one, one last thing oh, that I sure. want to yeah, say yeah. before we move on from baseball is so I had Lenny Dykstra liked one of my tweets earlier in this week. Really? I, yeah. And it was a tweet about Joe Biden being at the CFR, uh, giving that speech where he talked about, uh, you know, when in 2014 he told, uh ukraine's president that he if he didn't remove the prosecutor who was prosecuting burisma holdings his son's energy company in ukraine if he didn't fire that prosecutor then he wasn't getting money and he told that story to the cfr in 2017 so i tweeted that out and lenny dykstra i don't know how he saw it but <laughs> he maybe he searched for it or something but yeah he liked my tweet i was like yeah i'm I DM'd him to try to get him on the show. You know, oh my god, you never know. You never yeah, know, right? That'd be great. Yeah, oh, that's because yeah, cool. yeah. I grew up a Phillies fan. I mean, Lenny Dykstra nails. Yeah, that's nuts, you know? man. That's nuts. Yeah. That would be like if Mo Vaughn liked my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I if know that name. Like, if anybody remembers Mo Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember Mo Vaughn. Local Red Sox fucking hero. Yeah, <laughs> probably a terrible human. Who knows? I don't know. Well, Lenny Dykstra oh. is right there. <laughs> He's right on par with that. So, but the thing is, you know, we were talking 
talking about baseball and you're saying how you watch it. You know, I I was a big into baseball. It was a big part of my life growing yeah, up. Yeah, dude. And somehow Lenny Dystra, this guy, just <laughs> likes my tweet <laughs> all of a sudden. That's so like, cool, That man. was like, when I saw that, it says, you know, tweet liked by him. Like, Lenny Dystra, I click on it as it has the blue check mark and everything. I was like, no way. Like, that's like, awesome. Like, what? That yeah. it's like that has to be a wink from the universe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I had to take a screenshot of that to, you know, I was feeling myself after that a little bit. Yeah. I hear you, man. So, um, okay. Yeah. So, fast forward years, baseball's over. No more, no more baseball. I, uh, I went away from the school I was at. So for two years, I went to a private school and I, you know, I've never looked into them, but they were a Catholic school mm. and it's like a certain brotherhood. So I'd be very curious to look into like that brotherhood now that I'm so far gone from there. But anyway, it was an all guys school too, which had its oh. benefits. You know, it was all focus. I didn't, you know, there was no distraction for the yeah. most part, but, uh, but yeah, so I left there, went back to the town because I missed my other buddies. I missed curls, the whole thing. And uh, the coach there was this dick that I used to know. And he was a guy older than me, but he was, uh, you know, he had graduated to become like the, the, the varsity coach and shit like that. He was all connected up and everything. And I was hearing rumors from buddies that, oh yeah, he says, yeah, you, you don't have, you don't stand a chance thinking you can just come from from that school and uh thinking you're just gonna make the team i'm like wow i didn't say i've never said a word about any of it i just showed up at this school instead of that one now and suddenly this my fucking name is on this dude's tongue so yeah i at that point i was starting to smoke pot starting to listen to metal like everything was starting to well no i had listened to metal before that oh yeah that that first two years of high school was where I really found all the metal I love, but I was starting to smoke pot for sure. That's when it really started. So yeah, I couldn't deal with that anymore. And so I just knew it was all politics and all bullshit and all ego and everything. So I just, yeah, I was done. Never tried out for it at all. So I became a total burnout tripping and everything and totally blown away by the experience, hanging out with buddies, doing nothing. So we find ourselves at a bookstore, those old things that don't really How old exist were you? anymore. This was, um, I was probably at this time, this, exp I'm fast forwarding now. Like I just burn out for years out of high school, basically. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, 19, I would say 20. Okay. So, so like five in, years later. Yeah. Yeah. Five years later. Okay. Yeah. I'd be curious to find out exactly how long, but, um, but yeah, so we're at a bookstore, something that really doesn't exist anymore. And um, we're sitting down in the cafe area. I got a book. A buddy's got a book. We're both fascinated by all kinds of weird shit. And um, we have our friend Jen with us. And she gets asked by this old dude sitting in the corner. Hey, can you help me with, with I, I just don't use laptops often. Can you help me with this? And she's like, she gets up. We had been talking about crazy quantum physics and whatever. And she comes back a few minutes later. We pay our bill and we leave. We get to the corner. I'm in my pockets, desperately searching for my lighter. I can't find it anywhere. And uh, they keep walking ahead to the car. And suddenly this dude, that dude that was in the cafe in the corner with the laptop is there on the corner smoking a butt. 
no laptop. He must've left it inside or something. I don't know. Hmm. He's like, Hey, you need a light? And I was like, I guess I do. So he gives me a light and he said, Hey, so, uh, don't always believe what you hear. And I was like, Oh, were you overhearing us uh, talk crazy talking there? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, don't always believe what you hear and don't always believe what you think either. And I was like, oh, okay, this is like a crazy coincidence because, I mean, and he's just like, nothing's a coincidence, Andy. Nothing at all is a coincidence. Well, I knew your name. Yeah, and I didn't even pick up on that until afterwards. I was like, he said my fucking name. But so I I say thanks. I give him his lighter back. And I was like, do I know you? I've seen you before, right? And he was like, he just didn't answer me, really. He just kind of confirmed that there's no such thing as coincidences. Hmm. So... I walk, I start walking away. Our car is parked all the way at the end of the parking lot from there. I get back to the car. I get in and I'm about to, they're already talking about something else. I'm about to kind of bust in like, oh, I just had this really weird experience. And before I can even say anything, my hand goes in my pocket and boom, there's my lighter. No problem at all. No obstruction. Right there, right there. I had no reason not to find it. And I'm putting these pieces together. I'm like, my skin is just trembling. My hair is standing up. And I'm like, that was that fucking guy from the backstop. I could, his face, I can see it right now. Wow. <laughs> and I, you know, I always feel like things come in threes and I still haven't gotten the third visit. <laughs> okay. Well, so what, that was about 15 years ago, that second one? So that was when I was 20. So yeah, like 16 years ago, 17 years ago, it's been a long time, but I've been far away from most psychedelics for a long time too. So maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. I was just about to get into them on the first one. And I was just riding the crazy waves when I saw them the second time. I was going to say, were you into anything uh, specific at the time? Like, was it a big moment uh, Hmm. around that time for you? So I don't know if I could narrow down like what I was researching that moment, you know, or that day or that week or that month. But I know in that time period, even when I had first taken psychedelics, the first couple times I was still very, uh, I don't know, lacking any, uh, spiritual meaning in what I was finding or Mm -hmm. any, uh, any way to express what I had experienced in like a cohesive way. And when I finally did, you know, get to the roots of like Gnosticism and Christianity itself and all the religions that I could study, you know, that's when I found more of a connection to all of it. But, you know, at that time I was very obsessed with science and I still appreciate the scientific method, of course, and a lot of aspects of science. But back then, I was all hail science, man, hmm. for sure. So it's interesting now that you posed that question to me. Like, was that a significant point for him to say, don't always believe what you hear or what you think, you know? Right. That might be, that could be something to it. Of course, you know, he could say that at any day of my life. And I think it would probably be true on some level. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how we get come up with uh, solutions to all these, this craziness is having big ideas of, and it's not necessarily, well, maybe at that point in time, maybe you did believe it heavily, but now you're out of space where you're like, uh, maybe I don't believe everything i say all the time but i just like to 
say it. I like to get it out of my mind here, what it sounds like, you know. Some some people like writing things down, journaling. Some mm -hmm. people like podcasting. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I have writing as an outlet too. I just never do it anymore. And I, I think I got to change that now. I'm making plans to really change that and yeah. start writing more. Um, but I love fiction and I hope that's still okay in the truther community. You know what I mean? Because even myself, I've had so many stints where I've gone like years without enjoying too much music at yeah. all or uh, any entertainment really because I'm all obsessed with like research and everything. And that's fine to a certain extent. But I think just like meditation, you know, a breather is okay. You know, I, maybe I'm saying this because recently I've been only listening to like fiction audio dramas. <laughs> as silly as that may sound, I love it. I love fiction. I love being like getting into away. the creative nature. Yeah, man. I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting creativity out of truth and and uh, shocking discovery about the human race or anything like that. But I do mm -hmm. think it it tickles a completely different nerve. You know what I mean? Yeah. And fiction, programming or not, whatever, especially if you're aware of it, you're above that shit, you know? Mm -hmm. You can tap into that creative source because, man, of course, they all, if they're going to program something, they're going to hijack the most creative people out there to do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting you talk about you're being called to writing. I'm going to be writing. I was just on uh, with, so I had on Dr. Ernie Prabhakar, episode 107. He is an MIT and Caltech physicist, and oh. yeah, he he contacted Dude. me. He's a uh, second generation immigrant from India, ninth generation Christian. His his ancestor way back when, nine generations ago, was Christianized when they brought Christianity to India, and he was given the Christian name of Aaron. Uh, so he has like this long history and he's studied all the, well, not all, but he studied religion very heavily. And he was, uh, so I had him on and he's very interested in my story. And he was asking me last night, like, so he brought me on his, uh, well, it wasn't even a show, but he's going to put it on his podcast, but he invited me because he does consultations for people to help them get into a direction and he was really interested in seeing what I was going to be doing. And I was like, well, I've been getting called to write a book or actually like a series of books is what I'm being called to write because I have sci-fi on the mind of, you know, I want to talk about all the stuff that I talk about on the podcast. But I, if I presented it as a sci-fi book, you know, the way that I see consciousness and, and reality with uh, the different beings that are here and all. I think I can make a really good sci-fi fiction book, but I also want to write my story. And yeah. So I have like this series. I don't even know if it would be a series, just multiple books I have in mind that I, I'm going to start writing. So I'm, I think I'm going to slow down on podcasting, still do Worship in the Storm, still do... Uh, you know, that's every other week. Still do the human race once a month. And then I'm going to be doing Bible studies every Sunday that I'll be putting out on my Patreon. And I'll be mm -hmm. doing the uh, the live uh, hangouts on the Patreon as well. And I have um, this month, I have some really, really great guests. I mean, these are I have some 
real top notch people. I don't want to give too much away to the audience here tonight, but uh, <laughs> I, I got some big people coming on. So uh, I, I don't know what the future holds for me, but I am not necessarily looking to continue to do three episodes a week the way that I was for the last like seven months. It's It's been a lot and I can handle it. But now if I'm going to be writing, well, then I have I can't be podcasting, obviously. Dude, you know, I'm sure you've noticed here and there that sometimes you and I parallel each other or complement one another in certain situations or behaviors or patterns or, or experiences. But I, I've seen it a number of times and I'm kind of doing something very similar right now and i haven't said anything to anyone on 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 air or anything but i'll i'll say it now you just gave me the courage to do it um i'm writing an audio drama oh wow <laughs> with full-blown soundtrack and sound effects and a cast and a story and and everything oh man. and i think it will be partly my story but many 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 of my stories and and many of my friends stories and and our stories and I'm going to try to fit it all in, in a way that sh hopefully will be entertaining and funny as hell and, and enjoyable, but it's going to be a long time. I don't know when that's going to happen. And I can't wait to hear what you're going to be writing. And it's going to be so exciting for, yeah. for everything. This community fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, when people, when things match up the way that they do with you and it's so weird that, you, you know, the baseball thing that I didn't think that <laughs> yeah, you were dude. into baseball. I mean, I'm here I, with you. Yeah, actually, so, I think I might have heard you talk about it at some point. I Not think I talked me, about it with Matt from The Great Deception a maybe. little bit. Yes, I think you did. Yeah, I think it was you and Matt because yeah. Matt and I could go on for about baseball probably too. Yeah, because Matt was into baseball. So like, Matt was, was just a little bit into baseball. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> and it's funny. I I didn't even tell him he he he's actually premiering uh, my episode with him on YouTube right now. Oh, uh, awesome! And, and he talks about being a, a baseball coach. I think it was when he was on my podcast, he talked about being a baseball coach or maybe it was when I was on his, I forget, but I was a softball coach and, uh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, I, I remember mean, you told me that. Yes. Okay. I do remember that. So like the synchronicities, I got a mosquito here. This thing is bugging me. Uh, but the synchronicities when they line up like that, that's how you'd know that we're from the same God, like whether or not like people, I don't know how everything works. But I recognize my brothers and sisters yeah. when when they're doing or having similar thoughts as me or, you know, in their own way, of course. But when we're doing the same things at the same time, I'm like, OK, yeah, they're my brothers. They're my sisters. I, I recognize them and I don't have any problem. Like this is what where Christians really have a problem is that they're like, well, they're doing something different than me they're interpreting it different. So they must be wrong. Cause I must be right. Whereas right. I'm like, nah, I, it's, it's not supposed to be, you know, you're Andy, I'm Todd, you know, right. we're not supposed to be the same. So that's, that's just one thing that I really recognize when somebody is, uh, you know, a brother or sister of mine from, we're just from the same source. That's what it really comes down to. Yeah. You really hit on something there because when you think about, typical situations in life, you usually can depend on being your real self and asking the real questions and, and doing all those things with like your family, right? Your, at least you can like traditionally speaking anyway, but this is a whole different thing where like 
I mean, you look at the past few years, families dividing, best friends of, of life, you know, dividing. And then you have complete strangers suddenly coming together and having that trust in one another. You know what I mean? It's a magical thing. It's a really yeah. interesting thing. It's like the real organic interconnectivity of the planet, not yeah. the, the facade that they're recreating. Yeah, it's interesting because they're recreating using the Internet. It's a, a mimicry of what we are and the abilities that we have. Yeah, we are the net. Yeah. You know? And, you know, there's some cool theories out there. I mean, I think I've proposed them sometimes where, like, at some capacity, it almost feels like we're all just staring at blank screens. Or you look at people watching the news and it's just like that people watching blank screens. Watching their projections. The yeah, it's just a projection from us. It's very creepy. I've wow. had those experiences on LSD a number of times where it kind of showed me multiple layers of the onion at once and it was wow. like yeah this is really happening there's like a war going on and there's fear everywhere but then there's not because it's all a facade you know and it's on so many different levels too i think that's why a lot of times in this community where we're constantly seeking answers it's really easy to get lost in the weeds sometimes or fall for for bullshit yeah or one after another you know because yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's constant. <laughs> well, it's interesting because LSD to me was uh, like, it was part of the matrix. It was like the imposter in me. It really brought the imposter out of me mm -hmm. and it made me feel very alien in my body. It didn't make me feel like in touch with God, the way psilocybin, what right. much, you know, all the different things that, that that make you get in touch with god it didn't do that to me it and it did it, it was some wild experiences but the overarching uh feeling that it gave me was that it was alien that it was uh it brought i just felt alien it, you know that's just how it was it was super strange yeah it's interesting there was a lot of times on lsd where i could never um it would never go i'd never really peak on lsd it's an interesting thing where it was always this like much more mild psilocybin trip to me psilocybin was the most intense trips ever other than dmt and well salvia is pretty intense but it's short-lived oh, but salvia is terrifying woo terrifying yeah I've, we could talk salvia a lot i mean I, I did a lot of salvia almost out of like it's almost like getting punched in the face like <laughs> it's just this dare we used to do at parties it was ridiculous it wasn't even oh, a, wow. a real trip to us but then like it and it wasn't like i wasn't appreciating tripping back then for like you know inner work or anything it was that i couldn't get any work done out of salvia and then mm -hmm. later on i did hear that there were you know, traditional uses of it. And there was practices and traditions around it. I never looked into it though, because it was always yeah. just such a punch in the face. It was like, you do it and you just get swept into this like alternate cartoon yeah. for like five not, minutes, not really long enough to, to reorient yourself, even with disorientation it was it's it was always weird i never got what did you use it, the 20x I enjoyed it i did 5x i did 20x i did 50x 
And then I was told I did something like 400x, but I don't even know if that's real. The highest I ever saw was 80, but I never did. I did it one time. I did 20x. Mm-hmm. And man, like you said, it was a cartoon, but it wasn't just a cartoon. I was me. And then all of a sudden, and I've seen this before, but I could never find the picture afterwards. It's like uh, that lotus flower that just keeps opening up and it's inside of it. It's more opening it's up and it's smaller and smaller. Yeah, but that was me. My whole, <laughs> my whole thing, my whole, you know, it's not even my body. It was my whole being. Mm. kept doing that until i was this tiny little piece and then i was this marijuana bud that was on my coffee table and next to the marijuana bud was a salvia a little tiny little salvia bud and it was my cousin and it he it had my cousin's voice and we were then all of a sudden like when i was down there we were in my home from the 90s which was my parents' home. We were there with the brown carpet. It was ugly brown carpet we had. And we were watching The Simpsons. And then all of a sudden, I heard my aunt's voice. And I look over. And so this is when I started coming back. And it was like in between. Because you're only there very briefly. Uh, I look over and it's this smoke monster is like coming in through from outside but then like uh, now that i'm realizing like i was i was seeing this like monster that was huge but then the the me that i am here i was seeing the smoke that i just blew out was still leaving like the, <laughs> it, it was still leaving the uh the apartment because uh, i blew it towards <laughs> the, the door so it scared me. So then I went and hid my face in the uh, couch and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Because it Wow. Yeah. That it, shit was what? really crazy. Oh, it was crazy. Like I remember distinctly being in my parents' house with the ugly brown carpet, with the old ass coffee table, with the old TV, watching the Simpsons in the 1990s while that happened and it was so brief and i was a little piece of marijuana and my cousin was a little piece of salvia (laughs) no one else was with me you know when this happened but i it was his voice and it was his mom's voice and his mom was the smoke which was so weird that's awesome yeah that whole scale thing that's that's some crazy shit i think it was uh the comedian ralphie may that once said Uh, You know, if you want to get an idea of what taking psychedelics is like, I can't remember how he set it up, but he was talking about the difference between carpet and linoleum. It's like, oh, you're not afraid of heights. Have you ever been on LSD? And there was a room that went from carpet to linoleum. (laughs) You find out real quick that scale is also perception is everywhere, you know? Yes, scale and variance. Yeah, man, it's. And the whole thing you said about you being like the lotus flower, that's very curious because I've had that experience even on psilocybin and it was like, I vanished. And that's why years after, um, you know, taking psychedelics and reading tons of books, I came to Douglas Hofstadter's book, I am a strange loop. And I read that and I put that book down 
and I started reading like Harry Potter. I started drinking a shitload and I stopped reading nonfiction for a long time because that I am a strange loop book was all about the fractal nature of reality that I love to talk about. And yeah, it was like exactly my tripping experiences. Like what my, what reality was trying to tell me over and over again that I kept ignoring for all the pretty colors and craziness. Yeah. It, it, it always ended up being this weird fractal disappearance of even self. It was, oof. dude, have you ever smoked EMT? Yes. Many. Well, not many, three times. Yeah. I've done it three times as well. It's interesting. Mm. The first time I didn't break through and then, yeah. then the next day I, I did it again and I broke through. And what ended up happening is, firstly, reality just started bubbling away. It, it turned into bubbles and it was right in front of my face. And I just got like ill because I'm like, oh, my God, I can't look at this. So I closed my eyes. But it was uh, so I was looking at like my door jam. So if you can see my door over here, you mm -hmm. know, like the side of it, I was looking at that and it just opened and it was a whole new dimension in there. And it was like, oh, I, and that's so like everything started bubbling away. Like as this opened, everything's bubbling away. And then it was like, uh, like blueprint world. Like I could have stepped into the blueprint world, but then I was like, I closed my eyes and laid back. I was like, I'm not doing that. Then another <laughs> time, I don't know. So I think maybe when I was the salvia, when I smoked the salvia, it was my coffee table. So when I did that, when I ended up on the coffee table, my coffee table opened up and I saw the dimension in there. And and then I had the thought afterwards, I was like, oh, they have dimensions because, you know, we call it dimensions. If it's an inch wide and an inch high, you know, there are dimensions of it. So right. I was like, oh, of course, there's other worlds in there. <laughs> and, and I started realizing, like, yeah, we are God and everything else is smaller than us. We think everything else is larger than us, but actually we're the highest that you could possibly go. Well, that's why we're kings of this place, because <laughs> everything else outside of here, like this is a bubble within a bubble, right? Right, right. And everything else outside of here is vying to become supreme the way we are supreme for this realm but none of them are supreme where they are but they that's why they need us to create for them oh that was beautiful man <laughs> yeah, we're the supreme leaders we're the image of god we're like this right microcosm inside yes. of a much larger like earth realm that would be called heaven like uh, the the seventh dimension you know that's how yeah. i like to think of it as and we can create whatever we just have to actually do it which is different than we have to than do the work we think yeah right and you know i think that ties into or we can tie it into um the the sumerian stories of of the anunnaki uh kings saying you know, the work is too hard. The work is too toilsome for us. And that's oh, yeah. why they needed the Ajiji. Yeah. You know, that's why they brought the Ajiji with them. You know, I've, I need to look into the Ajiji a lot more. And if anyone out there listening knows about the Ajiji specifically, because 
there's not a lot written about it, but it's a, you know, a group of people that were the slaves before we were created, supposedly, right. whatever that myth really turns out to be. But regardless, there's that, that's always been there. You know, that idea of the work being very difficult here, dense physical reality. I remember psychedelics always made me feel when I was thinking about it, at least when I really focused on it, your body is heavy and clunky and you could feel your bones moving inside. And uh, even without drugs, man, you can do it through meditation or they have these crazy soundproof rooms that are like the most soundproof ever. And if you, you know, block your eyes and you go in the dark or whatever, and you go in there for a while, you can start hearing your blood move around. Sounds like freight trains in your head. It's crazy stuff, man. Like the physical three dimensional world is just brutal, but you don't realize it. But Dude, then of course, through that psychedelic experience, I also ended up having my body feel amazing and incredible after transmuting all sorts of negative emotion and this yeah. and that you could realign with the structure of this damn dense place. Yeah. You know? Oh, I was just about to say that once, when you start transmuting, you start to have psychedelic experiences without the psychedelics. Like yeah. I would have psychedelic experiences like long after I had taken psychedelics, like weeks, right. Like it was like I was catching up to it physically or something that like I was driving home one time on the highway and all of a sudden I could feel all of the cars and trucks on my head. And I realized, oh, my head is the earth that's being driven on. And what I'm feeling, the little brain cells are what I'm seeing move in front of me and they're like i felt shorter ones when they were cars and when one would zoom by like i it would really go by really quick on my head and then if it was a (laughs) truck that was going by like it would go by slower but it would be a longer feeling like i just i could see outside of me and feel inside of me exactly it's the same and i don't know why that started happening that way but once i started making the connection that Everything was happening out there and in here at the same time. It was incredible. I would get text messages. There was this one time, it was a Friday, I was on my way home and I was about to get a text message at three different points and my head, it would like wiggle just a little bit on top of my head and then the text message would come in and then it did it again and then the text message came in. It was like, I was receiving it in here before it hit you before it Mm. hit here and it was it was a strange time because it was when i was still uh i was still a softball coach i was still uh a truck driver i was actually filling vending machines at the time i was it was before covid hit and so it was like before my awakening but it was just at the beginning when i just started gaining all of these psychic abilities like i look at that as a precursor to my psychic connection. I don't even look at psychic abilities as psychic abilities anymore. I just look at it as uh, recognizing life on a higher level than just being physical and you start making new connections. So it was a weird time for me, but it was so amazing. It was like I could drive my truck 
this was another really crazy part because I meditated in my work truck every day for a half hour listening to that Kanye album, Jesus is King, mm-hmm. for a, at least a half hour every morning for months. And what ended up happening is I could like drive that truck with my eyes closed. I could just move it with my mind almost. It was so crazy. Like if somebody was in my way, what that was going too slow, I would just in my mind, I would shift. Like I was saying, I could feel the different cars and trucks on top of my head. Well, mm. I would just like be able to shift that over from the the lane that I'm in into the next lane and they would move over for me. And it was like, Oh man, I think you told me that before too. Yeah. It was just so crazy. Like I was so connected with that truck. It was so amazing. I'm trying to look for the, the name of this man. So at least we can give it to the audience because this dude's awesome. It's right on the tip of my tongue, but you were talking about, you know, receiving before the physical act occurred And there's so many scientific studies that are being done on like receiving information in the brain before it happens in reality. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to find this guy's name. He was a guest on the brothers of the serpent podcast last year. And he's awesome. I can't remember his friggin' name, but he's like a really great author and he talks about all this stuff and he does experiments in the lab with people and shows how this actually happens and how we can actually follow it on a scientific level that it's real. It's really happening. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's really happening. (laughs) I mean, that's, (laughs) that's what's gotten me to where I am. So, you know, that's why testimony is so important. And even though it's, uh, it's hard to take someone's testimony. uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can just see my life anyway, is definitely that there's, things oh absolutely yeah dude no definitely yeah i'll have to find that guy's name at another time because this ain't this ain't good radio or video just (laughs) me scrolling through this shit but yeah um i got turned on to that guy uh he was one of the scientists that was involved with that what the bleep do we know documentary back in the day did you ever see that i have not it was like a really shitty like it, it it was produced like kind of low it looked low budget really bad graphics and acting and stuff like that at times but there was tons of interviews about quantum physics and spirituality and stuff like that Hmm. but it turned out to be very culty i guess at least part of it was very new agey and and probably took away from what was really going on but there was some good scientists in there that like had a lot of good things to say you know and he was talking about this field that was just present at all times. And that was hitting on all cylinders for me because that's what Sykes showed me. I came back from those trips knowing that every glorious thing that they're talking about in all the crazy books from ancient history was happening here. Now in our present, it was beautiful and it's just happening on levels that you can only access if you, if you find them. Yeah, that is that is very true. If you find them, uh, let me. So, okay, let's switch gears a little bit into sure. into the moon. Ooh. Now, now, did you hear about this Chinese uh, the shell of a Chinese missile that hit the moon today? 
Yeah, was that today? I missed it. Well, I, it's, I happened yeah, it's, to miss that CGI uh, real-life Moonfall situation. Right, that's, and that's what I'm about to get into because I watched <laughs> that movie today. So, Oh, you did? Yeah. Was it at least a fun CGI mess? Uh, I mean, so I the when I watched it, it was on the fire stick, and it was like someone recorded it at the movie theater, so it wasn't great. Fair I mean, it, it was, it was terrible, but <laughs> like, it was one, it was so stupid. Like they're walking through the snow. Then all of a sudden they're like, just happened to be at the kids, like stepfather's house. That's a mansion. And then, you know, it's just, it's one of those. Yeah. Like they broke down in a vehicle and, and then, Oh, they're just okay. Like it's, it, it yeah, just you're keeps describing, happening. You're describing all Roland Emmerich movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything just keeps going their way like so but that's what is on earth but the the stuff that happens on the moon it's it's very cool actually and if they took out the the stupid earth stuff it would have been a better movie maybe not mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah because uh, it looked like they were getting into some kind of uh graphene stuff or like oh, uh, yeah. black goo sort of technology yes sir yeah, That's, I saw okay. that in the preview for a split second. I was like, "Oh snap! I gotta yeah. see this." Yeah. Well, so the the main character he he's not very funny, but they try to make him out to be. And yeah, it's I the guess, dude from the Conjuring films, right? Oh, uh, I don't know. Was he? Yeah, he's uh, he's a decent actor. He's Have you said, bad. dude? Oh, maybe not. Oh, you're to oh 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 that guy. Yeah, the dude yeah, that yeah. played Sam in Game of Thrones okay nerdy, yeah yeah not yeah. not not the uh good looking dude yeah no no not i not i, I got you yeah. About, yeah yeah no <laughs> that dude he's he's a pretty good actor and uh exactly. hallie barry she, she's all right in it too mm. uh but it's so weird because whatever of what's uh, happening exactly with the friggin' moon right now or something's crashing yeah, <laughs> that is the the weird part okay so what ends up happening today if anyone's not familiar we can't see it we don't know what happened because it hit the dark side of the moon oh convenient the dark side of the moon so there's been a chinese we'll say space junk because they don't know for sure they think it's a chinese uh shell of a missile but they are just calling it space junk uh is going 5800 miles per hour it's been in orbit for seven years now since 2015 it's been in orbit which is very interesting in my life seven years ago is when i was arrested and i was in jail seven years ago at this time and i it was uh may the 5th which is cinco de mayo or yeah i think it was cinco de mayo is when i uh i finally prayed to god so it was like right in this time where i started to have a break seven years ago from where i was to where i was going on but anyway that's just like because we were talking about the psychedelics earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and making the connections. So this rocket hits the moon today, uh, apparently, at 5,800 miles per hour. And it's the math says it's going to leave between a 33 and a 66 foot <laughs> <laughs> crater. Yes. Yes. Those numbers, of course. <sighs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love how accurate science is. Yeah, thirty three and sixty six has to be. Never a straight answer. Yeah. So good old NASA. Right. So okay. Now, this movie 
comes out obviously they've known about this for seven years now right yeah this this movie comes out exactly one month before february 4th the uh the movie comes out march 4th the moon gets hit that's ridiculous very strange so what happens in this movie so this is going to be a spoiler for anybody who is uh watching at home yeah don't worry there's probably no big spoilers <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the graphic an movie yeah you, you if you're here watching this you don't care about the acting <laughs> uh so what ends up happening is in 2011 there was this is according to the movie what happened there there was this uh space mission that was happening and this blob just of like black goo just goes by and ends up killing uh, an astronaut. And the guy who ends up saving the day, he uh, gets blamed saying it was his negligence that he killed the astronaut. And then he gets ostracized on earth, but I I don't care about the storyline. But anyway, he gets uh, a second chance because, and and he's some loser, whatever. I don't even want to talk about the movie part. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he goes into space again. He gets a second chance to go into space with his old uh, astronaut who he saved her life. But while the other astronaut died, he saved Halle Berry's life. And now she's like director of NASA and and they go up to space together with uh, the fat guy. So the director of NASA just takes off to space. Is uh, this a Roland it, Emmerich? This has to be a Roland Emmerich movie. I don't know, but there's so much to out. it like why it happens this way that the i don't even want to talk about the storyline that's fine that's fine <laughs> but Get to the black goo <laughs> yeah so what ends up happening is there's this black goo so okay they get to the moon they realize that the black goo is going after humans with technology that when they the only reason he was able to survive is because the power was killed so he flew the uh and landed yeah this is what they say he landed the nasa rocket back to earth without any power the entire time he just somehow flew it back to earth from zero gravity yeah yeah so this thing the hero (laughs) yeah so the thing only can attack biological uh entities when they're using technology it just seeks them out it's like it smells it almost you know like a dog it just senses it and it goes after and kills them Mm -hmm. so the inside the moon the moon is a man-made structure and it is this well it's not man-made it's alien quote-unquote aliens but our ancestors yeah so what it is if you've ever seen uh that one movie i don't even know what it's called so it's a bad reference but there's all these spinning uh devices going on uh, around Event each horizon. other okay yeah i think that's one of them there's Larry another Fishburne, one sam neil that's not even the one i was talking oh, about it's not even the one that opens a now black there's hole like three one. of them that, oh, shit. that have it and it's like time travel it's like opens up a, a wormhole or something a portal mm-hmm. so that's what they're saying is inside of the moon because at the core of the moon is a white dwarf now this white dwarf is uh giving power to everything else that the white dwarf is the consciousness of humanity that it's that it's inside this false structure 
because there's this war that was going on between so humanity had evolved to a, a place with ai and it was complete harmony they were hundreds and thousands of years they were at complete peace and they were just uh in love and they built this great society that we couldn't imagine and then one day all of a sudden all of the ai just snapped and realized they were enslaved by a race that was lesser than them so it was like this billions year old war that was taking place and there are thousands of these black goo squid looking things that have been searching out biological life using technology that's using technology because they just sense it out well somehow they said our moon is the only moon that survived because the last thing that the humans did were create all of these artificial structures with the consciousness as their center the white dwarf as their center and the artificial intelligence attacked all of them except for ours ours is the only one that made it and eventually the moon being in orbit led to uh the ice being melted away water being moved the, the land being created and with the land being uh you know the waters receding so that the land was there then they took their dna because they were only consciousness at that point because they're only the white dwarf so it's only consciousness that's going on so it's a battle of consciousness versus machine and they they replicate dna using the hominid beings that naturally evolved from earth and mix the dna however just consciously (laughs) yeah that type of thing and they so then humanity ends up uh having the technology and then one of these squid things that there's thousands of one of these black goose squid monsters comes in and is attacking so uh they end up killing it with an emp inside of the moon and the fat guy he becomes part of the consciousness because the consciousness scanned its brain so the consciousness has like this technology that's like so much better than the ai it's the only thing that can stop the ai but it's like this pure consciousness that just like scans things and makes them better all of a sudden you know it wakes them up it gives them oxygen that's more pure it it does like all of this different stuff so it was a really cool concept and then i'm thinking about what happened today and the thoughts that are running through my mind, these intuitive thoughts that are just telling me like, well, maybe they're just pretending to have all this war stuff going on to trick the AI because now the AI has invaded the human bodies, you know, through the black goo, through the left eye, through yeah. uh, some of the plunges that have gone in people. Uh, this graphene oxide is trying to take over our bodies to be us and it has successfully done so in large parts of government and media all over the world and in order to not let it know what's going on they have to create this completely false reality on our screens so that it's tricking the ai into thinking that 
things are going one way when it's actually not going that way. And like this rocket didn't just hit by accident that, and it didn't just be get released, you know, two days before on accident. It was, they were holding the information back that possibly that humanity is actually working together to take out this AI monster. And it's the only way to do it is to deceive everybody because they're trying to take out pieces without letting the rest of it know that it's being taken out so it's like Mm. all of this deception is going on for our own benefit and like Mm. these exercises as pompeo called covid an exercise that Mm. of wearing masks maybe it's because it's normalizing it so that when we we will actually have to wear masks and people will be ready for it and used to it and there will actually be viruses where we need vaccines for it and 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 Mm. so on so it was just like this weird slew of thoughts that was coming to me that this was just like a test run of something that is gonna happen it could be jesus i hope not i don't know i mean everybody says it's only gonna get worse before it gets better oh yeah it's definitely gonna get worse it's moving like molasses (laughs) I don't like how it's going to pick up when the election season comes around. You know what I mean? It's going to suddenly feel like the end is nigh and we got to turn it all around right now. It's always going to do that to us if we pay attention to the talking box, to all the media. Like, I don't even, I mean, I don't typically cover, cover like political talk anyway on the deep share, but yeah, it's useless. It really is. I mean, I mean, it's not completely useless. But I guess we. It needs to be. I don't know. Do, does that do any of us need to know? Maybe just to know where the hell they are for when we can take them over. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I and Let's I turn think, it all off. You know. And I think that like since they've been using soft disclosure through pop culture for so long that uh the ai doesn't register it in the same way that it would the news because it doesn't react people don't react to it the same way so i think maybe that's why it's been being released to us in that way so that the to trick the ai because it's not uh you know our hardware is not just going to come alive and maybe it could maybe like the all spark and transformers Maybe that is a thing, uh, you know, I'm not counting out anything, but I, I know that within the parameters of the software is this energy that is not us, that these are interdimensional devices. We're using it to talk to each other, to talk right. to this audience. And, and it's, you know, it really weirds me out. <laughs> so yeah. What, what do you think about NASA and Princeton getting the 24 theologians uh, to have disclosure for aliens? What do you think that's about? I think it's um, I wasn't really surprised by it. I didn't really find anything too, too shocking about it because I kind of figured uh, you got a couple things going on. On one level, you have the public facing um, damage control uh, people that want to make sure they're being inclusive Um, and regardless of atheist or Christian, even everyone across the norm spectrum that's interested in space and all that, they're 
willing to hug their Christian brother, even if they're an atheist and look at the cool rocket going up into the sky. You know what I mean? For the most part, that's been embedded in us too for years and years, how, you know, space travel and and our future is going to, you know, that's what's going to weave religion and science together and stuff like that, where it was always actually religious and spiritual prowess that got us the scientific method and the scientific revolution itself was people trying to figure out our circumstances, you know, and most of those scientists all believed in God. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. Did I answer your question? Well, I guess kind of. Uh, what did you about, ask it again? <laughs> uh, what did you think about the, the theologian? Oh, well, so yeah, what did I think? I think it was very typical. I think it made yeah. perfect sense that they would include them. Now, on another level, we know that the Catholic Church itself is very corrupt and most likely atheistic anyway, mm-hmm. um, in especially a very negative, Vatican. horrible way. Yeah, especially the Vatican. So that isn't surprising at all. There's revolving doors with these industries now. Yeah. And the Catholic church is an industry. And and it's super interesting. Uh, well, if we, we want to talk about biblical nature here is that the Bible talks about Satan is probably a Leviathan, which is this blacker than black, uh, dragon as it's called of the sea of chaos of space with space is a sea. Mm-hmm. And, this black goo is blacker than black. So right. is that the, the Satan that they're talking about? And is that Saturn still, you know, with this uh, black cube? I mean, it, I think it's all one in the same actually, but it's just used in, in different references because for whatever reason, maybe the black cube is the all spark, you know, that that's an idea that I'm just having right now. Well, yeah, I mean, think about how we, especially in the conspiracy community and in a lot of spiritual places, we look at uh, secret societies that hold on to uh, the, the, the ancient wisdom of whatever the hell is actually going on in this reality, or at least what the brightest of our ancients figured out or were told or whatever. These secret societies are clearly there for that regardless of who's running them and this and that, but we always look at them in a cryptic evil way, regardless, you know what I mean? Because the truth is definitely, first of all, it's not positive, but it's not negative. It's not, it's just amoral. Like it's just, there's no, uh, there's no morality to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just neutral and it's frightening and it's deep and it's dark and it makes no sense. It's a paradox and it scares the living shit out of you. You know what I mean? The depths of it. So yeah, I don't know. It's always been kind of like that. It's always been perceived that way anyway. Yeah. It's interesting that the Vatican, they worship like the Anunnaki. They started doing uh, at the, uh, the baby in the manger. I forget what the scene's called. Uh, you know, Jesus in the manger as a baby last, uh, not this past Christmas, but the one before that. It was an Anunnaki scene. It was super really? weird. Yeah. So, I mean, and I get that you really can't try to use that, even for people that are on the fence. You're like, look what they did. Because the front-facing explanation does make enough sense. Because we know that the Catholic Church has been preaching 
uh, combining religions and being more open and accepting, which on one level sounds really nice. Sure. 15 years ago, I would have been cheering for this guy. Like he's a scientist priest. It's awesome. Right. But you know, it's very typical. Yeah. It's super weird. Uh, And if the, if Satan is this black goo monster and Satan's son is going to be the antichrist that, uh, that, uh, reigns before then it's going to be some kind of black goo, uh, hybrid human hybrid. That's going to have these magical powers somehow, but it's, uh, you know, it's going to be, very strange because you know, things are so weird. And so I, let me throw this idea. Yeah. This, this is a weird one. You know, they tell us the truth in plain sight, right? That, yeah. But they don't present it as if that's what it is. Well, yeah. you, you take Nas, right? And then you take little Nas X or well, X stands for what? The number 10. Right. So little Nas number 10, could that be, his 10th clone or his 10th <laughs> the clone of his son like the 10th clone of his son that that now they made him uh you know in the way that he is they've created him in a lab essentially and he has these different characteristics that he's a good rapper singer or whatever and he's like the only one that became famous out of all of them because he had these natural abilities like is that something that they could do? I sincerely think that that is exactly what goes on with these cloning labs that they, when you see like Meghan Markle and AOC and uh, who was Hillary Clinton's uh, assistant, how they all look very similar. Like you see pictures of them next to each other. You're like, are they all clones of one another that I saw this, reality tv show someone sent me a video of it where this girl said oh i'm not jealous of other girls because i'm a clone so i was biologically made to do to not be jealous of everyone else but the you know i wish that uh, or they think that uh, i'm too smart that they want me dumber than what i am something like that it was so weird but she was very robotic clone moving like it was hmm very weird stuff but i think that's really what goes on on a a mass scale that we're not aware of yeah i mean i haven't looked into the cloning stuff that's one side of our crazy wild world i have craziest i'm sure it's one of them and i know that there's plenty of uh really intense you know material out there to, to dig into i don't dismiss it but it is interesting too that like this is where we're um, we're assigning an experience or an observation to um, how do I even say this? This this conundrum might be happening on like a higher level because, like, to me, it's when I was growing up, even before psychedelics, but then afterwards, big time, thinking about always about how there's like there's only so many faces out there. Like there's an actor. I think you look like, like there's an actor. I think you look like, like we there's only so many configurations. And I know that in 
some circles, we can definitely take it to extreme levels and keep it within this three-dimensional experience. Like we have a group that's manipulating and, and, and cloning people. And we do have some intense material that you can look into about cloning, like I said. But at the same time, I always thought it was very interesting when I thought about it from a fractal point of view too, Right, that there might be an original group of yes. people. An original 13, maybe. Ooh, you know, and it's that's always where it's taken me. Because again, you were mentioning earlier, like all the deception is for our benefit. That's a deep driven thought that, I've tried to get rid of over and over and over again, but it keeps sticking around. Even my wife, Kate will be like, she'll even get flustered if, you know, she tries to bring up like, well, what about the, the child sex trafficking? And so I'm like, well, right. no, I'm not trying to say that it's not. And she's like, well, it's, it's, it's like wicked passionate. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, no. I, uh, this is really hard to get my mind around too. I don't even know what I'm saying exactly. Right. But there's still something to it. I can't deny it that there's something going on on another level. That's the thing. We cross levels. We have an observation yeah. in the conspiracy world and we go, well, that might be this over here on like a linear scale right across in the physical with a consequence we can understand and like people and players. But what if we're mixing that? What if we're mixing yes. them to different scales? And yeah. that's why we never get good answers for our conspiracies or we never get conclusions because we're taking something that we're observing from one point of view in like the very dense physical, say, like an outcome of something that's actually going on on a higher level, a higher dimension, a deeper dimension, should I say? I'd rather say deeper than yeah. higher because well, I don't know if, we're all one or whatever, but it, it's it's within that has the many, many, many different levels of reality. Yeah. So yeah, I and I didn't clap there. Sense, but just so no, anybody he, he knows. The was, mosquito. He took a life. Well, I was trying to anyway. <laughs> yeah. The blood suckers. Yeah. Vampires are okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think it's both. I think it there are yeah, clones <laughs> and there are it's a fractal nature. So it's just the same set of things being replayed over here and over here and over here and not everyone it's not ever a one-to-one -one scale like when we were talking about earlier how like we're brothers because we're both doing the same things at the same times that you know you are me i am you on a Absolutely. different and we scale. are all together Cuckoo yeah yeah you're in the northeast i'm in the southeast you know or, or even when i was in the northeast you were you're in massachusetts i was in philly you know yeah it's, yeah it's just happening in neighborhoods are the same way. It's this fractal nature of life. And then what they do is they clone us and they mimic it somewhere else. And it becomes that the same exact way for maybe not the same exact way, but very close to it. Like I've, I've encountered uh, in my meditations uh, and I haven't gotten into it too much on my show or anything, but the cloning facilities. And uh, I encounter one time where uh, a pop culture singer, she murdered me because I wouldn't have sex with her because that's what they used me as a sex object. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't. And she just straight up murdered me. 
and then they just put then i just woke up in a, a another body behind that one and she forced herself on me and it was like it was very strange i mean i then i like i look around and there's all these clones just there like hang i all of a sudden i realized that there's tons and tons of clones and then as i've been waking up and as i've been podcasting i've seen people who the first thought in my mind is like in a very intuitive thought is that's my clone like a lot of times i've had that come across like that person looks like me and they're saying similar things to me and they've had similar experiences like it's just really weird and it's not to take away from anyone else and their experience or anything and uh it's not anyone i've ever talked to i don't think that i could talk to them it would be a very (laughs) weird thing but you know it's just when you see that and you follow your intuition and you're you have the intuitive thought that that's my clone like that's a very weird thought to have Mm. yeah and then uh you know i talked to human vibration last year uh, from realize radio and Mm -hmm. she talks a lot about like kind of kind of the everything fake movement kind of thing but at the same time that shit's so misunderstood she you know her and her two other co-hosts have been misunderstood on online and stuff like that here and there because the the message is not that everything is fake and that's just going to be nihilism. It's that everything you put out there is real and everything that you're experiencing is real. And there's just so much fake shit thrown at us. It's, and the evidence that she pulls out on some things is kind of terrifying, you know, with John Bonet Ramsey and all yeah. this symbolism there. And uh, from a different point of view than our typical you know, a lot of us love to decode ancient symbolism and stuff and they're kind it's of the technology side world. Yeah. And it's really cool. So the templates, people are templates and like faces that look similar are templates. I do like that idea. And I think the closer to physical dense reality you get, the more sinister it has to, has to be, you know, because otherwise it isn't possible. You know yeah. what I mean? it's it has to be and then it gets more energetic or deeper should i say where it it's all flowing from the one and then we're all kind of branching off from there and then we have this idea of the 13 very possible man i have another weird memory slash psychedelic experience thought whatever that it's a bunch of us that have always loved each other and the only real people are just sitting around a writer's room writing about this experience we're going to have that we're not going to remember ourselves writing. We're like dropping ourselves into a real three, like an RPG. (laughs) But I had this feeling of like, yeah, but it was like, it was all the real people out there. The real ones that were just, and it wasn't a lot of them. And it was like, Mm -hmm. almost like a writer's room. Like, yeah, what if this happened? And yeah all these weird things. And that's why like you get further and further and further out there. And the answers seem to be vaguer and vaguer and vaguer because like, maybe they're writing it right now. (laughs) Or maybe we're writing it when we go to sleep. You so that's an idea. I mean, that's when the subconscious takes over. uh, All right. So before we get off here, I've had two really weird dreams the last two nights. 
Okay. And this is something that I've never done before, but I've seemed to have done it every night of March so far, is that I have woken up in the middle of the night to take a drink or go to the bathroom. I wake up every night multiple times, mm-hmm. you know, grab a drink, go to the bathroom, whatever. Yeah. And for whatever reason, right before I laid back down to go to sleep, I said I called Jesus in and said, please come into my dreams and clean up that world the way you have done to my physical life. The wow. first two nights. Yeah. And I don't know why I did that either. It was just like random. I just rem- yeah. It was like the first two nights. I don't even know if I was awake when I did it, but I just remembered doing it. You know, it was just like one of those weird things. So last night or, or actually not last night, the night before I have this dream and I tweeted this out. It was a very weird oh, yeah, yeah. sequence. Yeah. So, so this woman and okay. So enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at there's this i'm in this house of the this little suburb this you know some kind of uh like unit of housing that's uh everything looks the same everywhere and i'm in this house and i'm with uh i think it was just like one woman or maybe it was her husband but like it was nothing was going on i went to the store i come back and then there's all these cars i can't even park on the street i'm like what like i was gone five minutes so then I park up on the grass. I walk back in and whoever's house it was, I never got to see whose house it was because then there's this woman and man and her two adult sons and her adult daughter and they're there. And the woman says, I invited 50 to 60 people for an orgy. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I was like, that doesn't, that's some fucking like, news. <laughs> and I'm like, why why are her kids here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but they were all adults, but it's she's like, oh, that's just what we do. And I'm like, whoa, okay, this is weird. Then she hands me MDMA. And I'm like, uh, I'm I'm not gonna take this. And uh the one son ends up taking it, 
and nobody else shows up. And so they're so the host, I and I can't see the host who it is or if it's a man or woman or what it is, but they're sitting on a chair up against the wall. Then the mother is next to her, then the father is next to her, and then the daughter is next to him. And then the two sons, I never even saw the one son. He was upstairs the entire time. But the one son that I did see, he had this very old Nokia phone that he was showing me. He's like, look, we got to use these phones here. They're really cool. And, uh, you know, you you have to, you can't use your phone here. You have to use this one here. And he was like using it. And I'm like, well, that's weird. But it, it was a cell phone, but it wasn't a smartphone. So it was a, a very weird thing. He's the one that takes MDMA. And the daughter convinces me that I have to be halfway in, halfway out in order to guide him because he's going to be lost if I don't. So like using my wanting to help against me. So I take it. And as soon as I put it in my tongue and I'm across the room from her, I put it in my mouth. It hits my tongue. Then all of a sudden I'm like thrust in front of her face. And I spit it out and I have like this tube, but it's in like a Slim Jim wrapper. You know what a Slim Jim, Mm -hmm. you know how it has like that red, like kind of wax paper thing. Yeah. Well, it was like I had, it was full of whatever the drug was and I just pushed it right out. And then I grabbed her forearms Uh, with my hands she grabbed my forearms it was like we were locked in like this and we were like it was an intense stare (laughs) and god started speaking to us and we could feel the vibrations as if it was a speaker that was right over top of our heads speaking to us and i'm looking at her and i'm like i'm used to telepathic communication so i'm like okay i i hear this and i see the way she's reacting and she's hearing it And he says, don't you ever give my son drugs again. And she was freaked out. And she's like, no, 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 that that couldn't have been God. And then so then I went over to her mother and I grabbed her mother's arms. And then I said it out loud. And I said, don't ever give me MDMA again. And I look over at the daughter. I said, did it sound like that? And she was like, no. And I was like, yeah, because God told you that shit. Like, I just made God... God just commanded you like that wasn't me. That was God that commanded you. That shit was so crazy. Then uh, I woke up, but it was like they were trying to, uh, I don't know. They were something wherever I was. (laughs) It felt like I was in someone else's life. Like it's felt so real. It did not feel like just a dream. It sounds lucid. Yeah, very, very. And I've never had a lucid dream before. Then after that, it's like I'm in a new scenario. And then I'm in a war. I'm in the middle of a war and I don't know what's going on. Someone's firing a a gun at us. And it's like one of those really heavy uh, rounds that are just spitting like. Mm -hmm. And I see where it's coming from in this like bus goes in front of me and and is going straight towards the bullets but he's not getting hit so then i'm in like some kind of van and uh then i i just turned right and then i woke up that was weird so then yeah super weird so then the dream i had last night 
um walking through like the street but it's not like a street you drive down it's just a street that uh you know for people to walk down and there's like restaurant tables there and it's me and my daughter and we're walking down the street this table's in the middle of our way she tries going around the one way she can't go around that way and these like teenage boys a little bit older than her start like making fun of her and i'm like i was like you guys don't even know her like why would you talk to somebody that way and then like some guy like that's not even with the family like comes up and is like are you sure you're fit to be your father like like these weird things like the entire time like we're walking from place to place through streets and then we're in a courtyard these guys just like pop up out of nowhere and they're trying to convince me that like i shouldn't be her father uh, that i should just give her to them and then i remember okay so then mimi woke up and then i so i woke up right and uh she said something she goes oh you can just go back to sleep so i went back to sleep so then i'm in the like a courtyard and the guy from the first time is like there so these like three guys come up and they have knives before the, the other guy gets there these three guys come up and they're like young 20s or like late teens they come up and they're like trying to like intimidate me and there's this box of frying oil shortening oil <laughs> and and i pick it up and i'm like all right maya you gotta run to my daughter i tell her i'm like you gotta go and so i pick it up and the one like leader of these three kids is like what do you got there and i'm like it's gasoline and i was <laughs> so then i go to take off the top and they just take off running so they take off running the and the two guys that popped up out of nowhere the first time and the second time show up but and the one the guy from the first time is like to my back and the guy from the second time is like, he's way across the courtyard. So I'm just holding this box and he knows it's not gasoline. He's not afraid of it. But I see he has a hammer on him. And I just say, Jesus, please help me. And then a safe falls out of the sky on this guy. <laughs> like a safe the size of me falls on him. That's and then great. I, yeah, and I look over and a safe this it's happening everywhere, falling on all like i don't know who else it fell on but it wasn't <laughs> falling on me and i fell on the two guys that i needed it to fall on and i was like that was like yeah but it was like jesus is like really cleaning up my dreams whatever has been happening in my dreams it it's ended now nice dude yeah i'm gonna have to say something like that and figure it out i would like to bring my dreams back because uh yeah i know marijuana suppresses dreams yeah and uh but at the same time i know plenty of people that smoke plenty of pot and have plenty of dreams so oh yeah i just gotta clean out some cobwebs or something <laughs> yeah it's crazy because i never used to dream and i stopped smoking months uh right. well, i guess about like seven months ago or so mm-hmm. and i've been having crazier and crazier dreams and like i've never said that in the to go to sleep I, and i tell my clients that have issues going to sleep I'm like, yeah, pray before you go to bed, ask for protection. But like to do it in the middle of sleeping and being able to call up to Jesus two nights in a row while I'm having these like crazy experiences, like someone's trying to give me MDMA and then someone else is trying to like convince me to not be the father of my daughter or like they're trying to kill me in some capacity. Very strange. Yeah. Intense dreams, man. Jeez. Yeah, it's 322, you know, uh, skull and bones.
that <laughs> month. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they've been planning on this month for a while. I'm sure Interesting. of it. Hmm. Well, this has been a pretty epic conversation, as per usual. Yeah, yeah, I love these episodes. Hell uh, yeah, man. Me too. Yeah. Now we had some comments here that we didn't get to. Mimi said hi. Justin, hi. Mike, Nomad, what up, guys? Sorry, we what didn't up? get into. I didn't have my full screen up, but thank yeah. you guys all for stopping by. Yeah. Oh, Mimi. Oh, Mimi. <laughs> I missed Mimi. it by like a minute. I yeah. was like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Well, we're signing off here. Yeah. So at least you got to say goodnight. Dang it. <laughs> You're not speaking into your microphone. Dang. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, it's been real. Yeah. And uh, I'll see you guys soon. And everybody, right. thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Hi. Yeah, bye, everybody. We'll <laughs> talk to you later. <laughs> See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.